0: The makers of epic pure sunflower oil, purine and Pret cooking fat, yum yum peanut butter, maple margarine and Niblet's cheese twists present the epic casebook. In which Inspector Carr investigates...
1: Good evening. Regular listeners to the epic casebook of crime will appreciate the important role played by the informer. Of course, nobody loves a man whose motives for supplying information stem not out of regard for law and justice, but are the purely mercenary ones expressed in rounds and cents. Sometimes, of course, an informer will squeal on his friends and one time associates in order to achieve immunity from the consequences of his crimes. Whatever the reasons, the very mention of these people's names leaves a very nasty taste in the mouth. That's why the London police call them narks or squealers or grassers, all of them terms of utter contempt. But there is another kind of informer, the type of person who seeks neither financial gain nor protection from his own misdeeds. The man who will shop another out of revenge... He's the sort of individual one has to treat with considerable caution, since his information may be invented to create havoc in the life of someone he dislikes. That's why, when I first received a warning telephone call, I treated it with a certain amount of suspicion. But it led to a strange episode in my life in the murder squad, an episode which I've called Warning Anonymous. The telephone call came through just as I was about to leave for home at approximately 5.30 one Friday afternoon. Car speaking.
2: Ops here, sir. There's someone on the line says he wants to talk to you personally, sir. Says he's got a tip-off.
1: Tip-off? Well, that's not my department. Put him through to X Branch.
2: Insists on speaking to you, sir says he knows you're the murder squad says it's a matter of life and death
1: oh, he? trying to trace the call are you oh yes good well i'll try and keep him talking put him through
2: right sir you're going through speak up please
0: inspector Carr.
1: yes well what can i do for you
0: does the name of gunner kane mean anything to you
1: gunner kane should it
0: it was you that got him life Fifteen years ago, it is.
1: Oh, Gunner Kane, of course. Well, what about him?
0: I just want to tell you he's out. He's going to kill the judge that sentenced him and the lawyer that double-crossed him.
1: Why do you want to tell me all this? Huh. Is he going to kill me, too?
0: Ain't that enough? Oh, I see. You'll keep me talking. I'm speaking from a call box. I'm leaving now. Tell your blokes I needn't bother looking for fingerprints on this telephone. There won't be none. <laughs> Uh,
1: just a minute. Uh, he's hung up. <laughs> yes? That call came
2: from a telephone box in Leicester Square. Leicester Square Station, sir. Car's on its way.
1: Uh, radio them not to bother. He's rung off. Right, sir. Uh, there is something else you can do for me. Yes, sir. I want you to get me all you can on the gunner Kane case. What, sir? Some time ago, I was a sergeant at the time. He shot and killed a constable... I helped to get him convicted. Life. He was a lucky man. Lucky, Inspector. Life, sir. Very lucky. The government suspended capital punishment for a time. Well, now he's coming out of jail. All this is very interesting. Uh, Do you know what they called the case at the time, Ops? No, sir. Of course you don't. Why should you? It's a long time ago. They called it the case of the undiscovered loot. It was over a 100,000 pounds in one-pound notes no one knows what happened to him including gunner if he was to be believed i give anything to know who that informer was telling me gunner's out and he's about to kill the man who defended him all bit strange obviously the undiscovered stolen money has something to do with the call Carr
2: speaking. Ups here again, sir. You wanted Mr. Bailey. We've got him on the line, sir.
1: Speak up, please. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Bailey, uh, my name's Carr, Inspector Carr. Do you remember me? Oh, yes, of course. Haven't seen you in years. How are you, Inspector? Fine. How are you? I'm all right. There's a note in your voice. Shouldn't I be? Remember Gunner Kane? What? What do you say? What about Kane? Came out of Parkhurst Jail this morning. No. But he was up for life. It's a minimum of 20 years. He's not due out for another five. That's what I thought. As a result of a telephone call, I've been making inquiries. There was a riot in the jail. He saved the governor's life. Got a five-year remission. He's out all right. So yes, but why wasn't I warned? Now, this is... Why this... are you so worried, what? Mr. Bailey? You defended him, remember? Have you forgotten? You presented the case for the police? Surely you must have read of the marriage. Married? Yes. I married his wife, Sheila. Oh, you did, did you? How long ago was that? It's over 13 years ago. Took me over an hour to trace you, Mr. Barry. I see you're no longer practicing law. No. I've been running this hotel for the last 10 years. And I shall, I, I shall have to demand police protection. Why? Because you married his wife? She divorced him, didn't she? You don't understand. I knew Gunner better than anybody. I defended him, didn't I He's a killer. A vicious swine that'll stop at nothing. Come to think of it, Inspector Carr. You, you you're the murder squad. Why have you contacted me? What's it all about? Somebody phoned the yard to tell us that Gunner is out of jail and was about to live up to his nickname. He is gunning for you. Now, listen. Listen, Inspector. You've got to help me. Who, who was it that telephoned? I don't know. Could have been Gunner himself. But if I were you, I wouldn't go out alone at night, keep your windows locked. After all, he has got a motive for revenge. It could be two things. A hundred thousand smackers or a wife. Goals outside, Inspector. I still don't know why you haven't pulled Gunner in. No, because it isn't necessary. The man that kills a policeman doesn't just walk out of the prison gates, sniff the free air, and is allowed to go his own way. No, he's been tailed ever since the prison gates shut on him. He's been warned I'm coming to see him. I suppose I should have baked you a cake, knowing that sergeant Carr was paying me a visit. Inspector, now, Gunner, it's been a long time. You, (laughs) you talk about a long time. How long do you think it is in a jail? If you think I feel sorry for you, think again. You shot and killed P.C. Ballantyne. You're a lucky man. You're not in a wooden box. So What do you want? Revenge. Because I shot a fellow policeman. I've done my time, ain't I? You've done your time. You served your punishment. Tell me you shed a lot of guts. Saved the governor's life. No black marks. Full remission of sentence, including an additional five. So what? But what are you really after? The hundred thousand? No one ever did find it, did they? Quite true. There's a small matter of a hundred thousand quid unaccounted for. So I heard in jail. Don't think that I was surprised when the flatly shattered me all day. Now you come to see me. Save your breath, I don't know where the money is. Except. Hmm? Well, except that double crossing Bailey. He stole my wife. How do I know he didn't take the loot? So you don't know where the loot is? Every few months, if it isn't a copper, it's an insurance bloke. I keep telling everyone I don't know. That's what was killing me, stuck in jail for all those years for doing a job and then not getting a nickel out of it. You were stuck in jail for killing a police Yes, I know I'm lucky, I suppose I didn't swing. Everybody keeps telling me that. Sure, I'm lucky. But I I didn't mean to kill him, you know that. Let's not go over that again. You shot a constable to evade arrest. That's murder. Yes, I know. Well, I learned my lesson, didn't I? you will never get me inside again. I'm going straight. What are you going to do to Bailey? Why'd you ask that? Has he got the money? If he has, I'll kill him. So help me, I'll kill him. That's what somebody told me you were going to do. Kill Bailey. Where were you at about 5.30 yesterday? Oh, come off it, Inspector. There was two flat feet standing right beside me... when I had my first whiskey in the Holland Arms. Why did you threaten to kill Bailey? Did I? Oh, I suppose I might have done down again inside. Wondering. About what? Your wife or the hundred thousand? I oh, can keep Sheila. Anyway, I couldn't blame her knowing I was going inside for life. Fifteen years a long time. Long enough to cool off any woman. To... So it is the 100,000. I don't know. But if he didn't take it, who did? There were only the two of you involved in the robbery. You and young Stocky Swanson. He was killed. And Bailey. He wasn't in on the snatch, but he talked to Stocky before the youngster died. If you're after the 100,000, it's no good coming to me. So am I. I don't know where it is, but I'm mean to find out. At the moment, I'm not after anything in particular. I'd like to wrap up the case that started 15 years ago. But, Gunner, I'd rather prevent murder than punish the murderer. Get down here. Be your age, car. Do you think I want to go back inside? Or swing? They brought capital punishment back, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I know. Let's go over the day you did the snatch. You handled the hundred thousand, didn't you? Yeah. Everything was going fine. If it hadn't been. I know. If you say you haven't got the money, and I don't think you have, who took it? Well, you, you know how it was.
0: Look at it. The Bow Industrial Township. Mile after mile of smoke in factories. factories. Oh, factories need wages and we're carrying £100,000 worth. That's what gives us our job. Without these factories, I wouldn't want the services of Stronghold Transport Limited. we will due there in ten minutes. Uh, only another mile to go. What? what? What has happened?
1: Right, you just stay where you are if you know what's good for you. All right, Stocky, take their keys. Right. Come on, Harry. Right. My mate, what's happened with my mate? He'll live. Now, don't move. You've only got a few scratches. Here are. I've got it. Right. Let's get in the car and scram. Hey, what's going on here? Come on, start up the Wait, car. Get, get out of the way, you fool.
2: <laughs> Zero block ahead. Look, i through that farm gate. There you are.
1: Where is he gunner? We're in some private wood. Here, stop the car. What are you gonna do? I'm gonna hide the swag. This car's hot. Look, we'll put the money there. We'll dig old by that tree. Now get back on the main road and then ditch the car. It's odd money for wage package. Neither of us will go near that spot for six months. We'll grab it and skip the country. Me, Sheila, and you. Okay, kid? Okay. Hey! Look in the mirror. We've been tailed. Step on it, then. I'll go as fast as I can. There's a cop car in front, too. Get off the road, you fool. Get off the road. Jump the curb. (laughs) Inspector Carr, the kid died in hospital and I went up for life. Yes, I know. You after the judge. But me? The judge? What for? That's what we were tipped off. I'll tell you straight, Inspector. There was only three people who knew where we had the money. Stocky, me, and I told my wife, Sheila. When she got there, the money had gone, so she said. Then she marries the guy that's supposed to defend me. I'll tell you this. If I find that they took the money, I'll do them both. I swear it. I'm warning you now in advance. I don't believe they did double-cross you. You know, he was struck off the rolls about two years after you went inside. They run a second-rate hotel in Croydon. If they'd got the money, all they had to do was to skip the country and live in luxury for the rest of their lives. Well, that's all very well. The way I hit that money, nobody could have found it accidentally. Yet there is someone else. Who sent that mysterious phone call? That's what I'd like to know. <laughs> My need for this knowledge became acute less than an hour after my talk with Gunner Kane. Yes, operations here, Inspector. Oh, what is it this time, Bailey, sir? Gunner
2: Kane case found shot, bullet through his head. Gunner Kane's been picked up, sir.
1: You don't say. Where's he being held? Croydon, sir. Right, I'll be right over. I didn't do it, Inspector. I swear I. Where's did. Mrs. Bailey? I can tell you that, sir. Uh, as soon as she heard that the gunner was out, she panicked and went and stayed with her sister in Dublin. She's there now. Made a statement to the Dublin CID less than ten minutes ago. Oh, that clears her. What's the story? No, no, you speak first, Kane. How did you come to be picked up? I've been framed. It's a dirty police trick. They still believe i got the money. Well, cut all the nonsense. What happened? Well, about an hour ago. Get a telephone call, see? Some geezer he says to me.
0: Gunner Kane, I've been trying to trace you for a long time. You go along to Bailey tonight, you'll learn all about the hundred thousand quid. How do you know? Who are you? Never you mind. You're not going to let him get away with it, are you? You don't want poor old Stucky Swanson to die for nothing, do you? Men in general hemorrhage ain't a pleasant death, you know. He'd have wanted you to... What are
1: you saying? Who are you?
0: I'm saying that if you get to Bailey's house exactly nine o'clock tonight...
1: I'll see to it that you get your 100,000. See you later. 28 Park Road, Croydon. Hello. Uh, Hello. And, sir, you went to 28 Park Road, Croydon, did you? Yes, I did. It's only about 30 yards away from the hotel they managed. There's a light on in the porch. I goes through. Front door's open. Then I hear's a shot. Well, I didn't know what to do for a moment. I mean, I rushes into the sitting room. No one there looks in a the bedroom there's Ernie Bailey with a bullet through his head gun on the floor I was about to run out and a couple of digs nabbed me the doctor looked at the body yes sir. he'd been killed within a matter of minutes of arresting Kane the gun had its number filed off it was not all right the sort of gun you use eh Gunner ah must have been mad to fall for a telephone call look I didn't do it Inspector we've uh, taken a quick powder test Inspector but it looks very much like the gunner's fingerprint on the gun I know I know I kept telling them before you arrived I, I picked the gun up I was in a daze then I dropped it again you there were you telling Kane yes sir we uh, we saw him go into the house we heard the pistol shot and rushed to arrested him Gunner you killed a policeman and I see no reason to go out of my way to protect you they'll have to pull you in on circumstantial evidence maybe you'll be safer inside we'll hold you for questioning that means you'll have the usual privileges when I find the killer, we'll set you free. But, uh, Inspector, you to say that... I've said what I have to say. All right, take him away. Jackson, you come back to the yard with me. As the worthy Jackson and I drove in the police car, I kept dwelling on the anonymous call I'd received. But what about Gunner Kane's story? Could have made the whole thing up, of course. It could be... But all the factors suggested otherwise. Back at the yard, I used our vast and highly efficient machine to turn back the clock. I want you to take careful note of the dossier X branches prepared for us. Right, sir. I want to know the hospital Stocky Swanson went to, who attended him, everything. Very good, sir. And my compliments to Inspector Wilson. I want this to be made top priority operation. Right, sir. I want to be informed as soon as you get something definite, whether it's day or night... It'll be done, sir. Good, jump to it. The most exciting moments for a detective are when he knows instinctively that he's on the right trail. That from then on, it's a matter of patience, time, and success.
2: Yes? Operations here, Inspector. Got what you wanted, sir. Good man. We've got the admittance card when young Swanson was admitted to the Bow District General Hospital. He arrived at 12.20 pm and
0: died at 2.30 am the following morning. The people who attended him are Dr. Alfred Passfold and Nurse
2: Margaret Nansen. <laughs>
1: Yes, well, I'm I'm retired now, but of course I I, I remember it. It isn't often one gets mixed up in a highway robbery and murder case. Was he conscious when you attended him? No, 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 he was not. No, I gave him some X-14, that cerebral wound caused by the accident. He remained conscious or semi-conscious until he died the following morning. Uh, They telephoned to tell me he was dead about uh, half past two. The duty surgeon certified him dead. the night orderly told me the patient was in a very bad way by the time i got to him he was practically gone we had anticipated it of course Uh, it was only a question of time and so it went on and on not an easy task trying to trace all those who were connected with the admittance of a young bandit however remotely then came the search for the orderly who was on duty at the hospital that fatal night He was now a middle-aged man living in the highly respectable town of Leamington Spa. As the police car sped through the lodge gates along the avenue of trees to come to a stop outside the type of dwelling known as a country gentleman's residence, I knew that my investigations were drawing to a close. Mr. Collins, you were at one time a hospital orderly at the Bow District General Hospital. Yes, it was a long time ago. Why do you ask me? Long time ago or not, you were the night orderly that called the duty surgeon to the dying Swanson. Swanson, was he? I don't remember anyone called Swanson. Come, come, Mr. Collins, one of the most dramatic hold-ups ever known in British criminal history. There you were by the bedside of this young bandit, and you don't remember. Oh, yes, I do remember something about it now. That's better. Well, let me jog your memory a little further, Mr. Collins. As a male nurse... It was your duty to keep an hourly log as to the condition of the patient brought in on an emergency. Oh, yes. Well, I've got your log with me. It says 12.30 a.m. Gave patient half a gram of X-14 as prescribed. Patient delirious. Do you remember him being delirious, Mr. Collins? Well, can I can. was 15 years ago. If I write that on the hospital log report, then it was, sir. I noticed that some four weeks after this occurrence, you resigned from the hospital. Yeah, that's right. Mr. Collins, we've been checking up on you pretty thoroughly, and despite your undoubted affluence, we can't trace your means of support. I don't know what you're getting at. I'm one of the
0: major shareholders in Lemington Engineering Works. I own all the land on the Bluff. I don't know what you mean when you say you can't trace my...
1: I'm sorry so if I've not made myself clear. You were a penniless young hospital nurse, and yet you found it possible to give up your employment in great comfort. Why did you warn me that Cain might kill Bailey? I don't know what you mean, me warn you? You said that now that Cain was out, he would go gunning for the judge and Bailey. Why? Why did you? Oh, come on, don't stall. On the very day he left I past- didn't telephone anybody. Who said anything about telephone how did you know i was telephoned but since i'm here i'll do a bit of telephoning number please inspector carr here i want to know whether anybody put through a trunk call on the 21st to stepney 8654 very good sir phone back here will you right it won't take long well i did uh, telephone london i uh well, I wanted to inquire about. Uh, well, I heard that this fellow Kane had. Uh, well, he'd come out of jail. There was a very careless thing to do. Why should you be interested in Gunner Kane? Well, uh, well, he was involved, wasn't he? Did you go up to London that day? No, Collins, you're a fool. The station master saw you. You caught the three forty-five p.m. to London. move, Collins. Hello, Inspector Carr. Yes, there was a telephone call from the number you're speaking at. That's all I want to know. Where'd you get the gun from? What gun? The gun you shot Bailey with. You're mad, I didn't. Albert Collins, I arrest you on a charge of murdering Ernest Bailey. I don't mind telling you, Inspector. I thought I was a goner. A bloke with my reputation with me fingerprint on a pistol and Bailey lying stiff at me feet. You're lucky that Collins made one or two silly mistakes, such as mentioning a telephone call. When how would he have known how I was warned about you? I believe he's pleading guilty. What else could he do? You see, all those years ago, when we were looking for the stolen money, no one dreamt that the clue lay in a general hospital. Bailey used his brains. He knew that if his wife wasn't lying, someone else must have known about the hundred thousand pounds, where it was hidden. But who could it be? The money was hidden on the spur of the moment, not many minutes before you and Swanson crashed the car. Oh, you were shaken all right with compass Swanson caught his head on the steering wheel, badly hurt. Bailey worked it out that it must have been somebody at the hospital. He traced the orderly, began to blackmail him. Collins reasoned, if ever Bailey told you what happened to the money, the ex-hospital nurse's life would be a short one. That's why he hit on the scheme of getting rid of both of you by telephoning me that you were out and threatening Bailey's life, and then telephoning you so that you'd be near the scene of the crime when he shoots Bailey. He knew we'd have you tailed, and as soon as the shot was heard, my boys would rush in and arrest you. It's funny that I never thought of the hospital before. Would have saved Bailey's life. Uh, what put you under the orderly this time, Governor? Oh, it's quite simple, really. You see... Well, what was the clue that led me to the hospital where Stocky Swanson was admitted so many years ago and then to the killer of Bailey? Well, if you remember, the mysterious voice telephoning Kane in order to incriminate him in the murder he didn't commit said...
0: Never you mind. You're not going to let him get away with it, are you? You don't want poor old Stucky Swanson to die for nothing, do you? Meningeal hemorrhage isn't a pleasant death, you know.
1: That was his undoing. He talks of young Swanson's injuries 15 years ago... and uses a phrase like meningeal hemorrhage. It had to be somebody who not only was at the hospital at the time... but someone directly acquainted with medical terms. The moral of the story... never hide stolen loot in a hospital. It'll go to your head... Good night.